The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia from boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, win $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. I'm raising the ante. Anybody wants it again? to the NFL Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Monday. It is Monday. Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday. He's Ryan McIntyre. I'm Rod Gomez. It is Monday. We are here to recap all of the week's action in the NFL and look ahead a couple of weeks. But Ryan, buddy, you've got a bigger smile on your face than normal, my friend, because you're happy. Oh, I'm very happy. I hit my lock, hit my dog. My team's won three in a row. The Heineke's are rolling back in the tied for the seventh seed with your San Francisco 49ers. Hey, and listen, I am thrilled. I saw a 49ers team that I have not seen in a very long time. And and look, not to say that these guys haven't won before because they keep winning, but by the same token, I mean, look, they actually look like a complete team. I, and I tweeted it out too. I said, CMC, Debo, Jimmy, right, in that offense, Kittle as well, and then you've got Bosa, you've got Hafunga, you've got uh, uh, Warner in that defense. This team's about to get scary. No doubt, and they got the perfect guy to get the ball to all those weapons. Jimmy G, he's really good when you got a really good team around him, and it seems like the it seems like the buy is coming at the perfect time for the Niners. They can get even more healthy, get Debo back so that they have McCaffrey and Debo. The thought of those two guys at the same field is scary good, and I know Kyle Shanahan's licking his chops to uh, find creative and new ways to use both of those guys. I mean, we'll obviously get to both of those games as we go down to break it, but I'm telling you right now, I cannot wait to break down these games because fantastic football all the way up and down the slate. And of course, like I said, we're here to break down all of those games and we have to rewind the clock all the way back to Thursday to get to the first game of the week. And that was, of course, the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at, where's my costume? At home, uh, where, look, this game, this, this game, Ryan, I will say right now, probably signals the beginning of the end to the Tom Brady era in the National Football League. And I say that because on his face did not look like a man that is enjoying the game of football right now. Yeah, no, and everybody knows the well-documented personal issues off the field. But on the field, man, these Bucks are struggling. The only thing that's keeping them in the race somewhat is how bad the NFC South is. But, I mean, they're 3-5. and five. They've lost, what, three in a row now? They haven't covered since about, like, week two, it seems like. So that's a, time, that's a sign of a team that's really struggling that you can't even cover a spread for six straight weeks. But for the Ravens, I mean, it was, it was kind of a weird game because – 
they wouldn't run the ball for some reason in the first half, and they wanted to throw it all over the field. And then they got back to their bread and butter and they just ran it right down Tampa Bay's throat in the second half. Yeah, and I so I said, tendency breakers are only tendency breakers if they break the tendency. And unfortunately, that wasn't happening in the first half for the Ravens. Although, like you said, they did win 27 to 22 in Tampa Bay. So they did cover their two and a half point spread. Uh, they did come in as the dog. So obviously, uh, they covered that as well. But, you know, again, running the ball is all I always say it's the triple option offense over there in Baltimore. And it, they, they stopped. And I'm not exactly sure why, uh, but when they got back to it, like you said, they ended up winning. Uh, the over-under on this one was 46, so obviously, uh, or 46 and a half, so it, it went over. But that was almost seemed like it might have been in question as well after a 13-point first half uh, between both teams. And were it not for a, a couple of touchdowns by Baltimore in the third quarter, you know, we may not have hit that. But, yeah, I mean, what? when do we hit? I mean, I, I guess not when. But how big is that panic button now that we're hitting in Tampa Bay? I think it's big, and especially with teams like uh, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and now throw the Rams in there. And I think it's fitting that Tampa Bay and L.A. are going to square off here on Sunday in a game where both teams absolutely need a win in the worst possible way. Uh, well, I mean, every team needs a win. But yeah, these guys are definitely on the wrong end of any sort of streak you can ever hope to imagine. But uh, by and large, it wasn't necessarily a bad Thursday night football game. I mean, we were, we've seen worse for sure. Uh, we did see much our worse. first <laughs> much worse. <laughs> but uh, one thing you can say is that uh, you can hang your hat on the fact that Baltimore is on the right side now. Five and three, Tampa three and five. Again, Baltimore, you'll just have to take them going forward uh, for what they are. And that's a good, solid football team when they end up running the ball. But Tampa, we may have to start looking at some of these. I, I still can't believe that Baltimore was two and a half point dogs in this game. Yeah, no doubt. It was that that line was weird all week because Baltimore kind of opened at the beginning of the week as a two point favorite. Then everybody hammered Tampa Bay, and then they went off as a two point favorite. So it was screaming that Tampa Bay was going to have a good showing, and it looked that way. But then they look old and they look slow. Well, so yeah. Do, do I? I mean, it's their leader, right? I mean, tell you right yeah, now. Yes, exactly. Uh, look, I, I keep saying, I keep harping on it. I'm 46 years old, too, and there's no way I want to get up and start getting hit by 22-year-olds. Like, no, thank you. I'd rather no, be in thank bed. You. Yeah, especially if I'm a multimillionaire where I, I could probably sit in bed for a good a year and not be at all hurt financially. Uh, yeah, give me all of that. So, uh, all right. Yeah, we're, we're done harping on Tampa. Uh, I think me and Munaf did a good job in the prop cast of, of giving them all the grief we can give them. So let's move over to the London game. Early morning, mates, as it was the Denver Broncos uh, going to London to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars were listed as the home team here, as they usually are in London. That's, that's kind of like their home away from home. But uh, Denver comes in, steals a win, 21-17. This game wasn't pretty either. Denver was one-and-a-half-point underdogs where you could find them, so obviously covering this spread. But once again, Denver Denver wins an ugly one, but Jacksonville just looks like they're the Jacksonville Jaguars again. Yeah, and this is, what, five straight losses now for Jacksonville, all within one score. So it's frustrating times for the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence continues to make boneheaded mistakes. So, I mean, that interception on the goal line's a killer. They're going in to go up 14-0. They got complete control of the game. 
And I guess uh, Russell Wilson was doing high knees probably on the way back from London. So we know he was doing it on the way. So maybe he had a little karaoke in there on the way back. Uh, he must have taken a page out of Sean's book. Uh, if you haven't seen, go to the, the Sports Gambling Podcast main handle on Twitter. <laughs> you can see Sean doing his lunges in the plane. I, I literally don't know that <laughs> anybody in that plane knew what the hell was going on. Uh, I love. Yeah, it. no, I saw that. I, the the reaction of uh, Colby's face in the middle seat was classic, it's, <laughs> and then Kramer's as well. <laughs> you gotta love it. Uh, one of the big storylines out of this though is Travis Etienne, uh, who I I sorely misunderestimated. I mean, I knew he was going to be good, but twenty four carries, one hundred fifty six yards, and a touchdown obviously helped a lot by his forty nine yarder. But still, Travis Etienne could very well be the running back that Jaguars need. But unfortunately, they need the rest of a team around him to make that even happen. Yeah, no, I mean, you mentioned it with Travis Etienne going for over 150 yards. I think there's a reason why they traded James Robinson because they want to feature him even more and he's the running back of the future. So, I mean, if the Jaguars are going to be able to turn this around in the second half and maybe be on the right side of all these one-score games, he's definitely going to have a big part in it. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, they need that because obviously, I don't know what it is about Trevor Lawrence. Ryan, can you help me this the puzzle that is Trevor Lawrence? Because he can come out and look like a, a good court, like a first-round quarterback. And then in that same game, maybe even the next drive, he looks like a hapless F- FB or a FCS quarterback that has no clue what's going on around him. Yeah, no, I wish I could help you with this Trevor Lawrence puzzle because I feel like I take Jacksonville every single week and they keep breaking my heart with all these one-score losses. Like I said, five in a row, and it seems like forever ago they were going to L.A. and winning 38-10 to 10 in dominant fashion. So uh, no time to feel sorry for themselves. They got the Raiders coming uh, to town in Jacksonville off the London uh, trip. So two teams that desperately need to win as well there too. Yeah, well, I mean, look, to be honest with you, Jacksonville's jockeying for that first-round pick again. God knows. Yeah. God knows what they're going to do with this one because it doesn't matter. It seems like it's going to all the first-round picks in the world, and this team still is not going to be a 500 team. So, yeah, lots of work to do for the Jaguars. Uh, by the way, the under hit on this one, just just so you guys know. I mean, not, not that anybody's surprised uh, in London and between these two teams, but, yeah, it, it was 40-and-a-half. They couldn't even get there, so... Uh, definitely a bad week for overbetters if you wanted to bet that. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Chicago Bears taking on the Dallas Cowboys. I tread carefully, Ryan, because we do have a, a Chicago Bears fan in the chat right now. For those of you who know, we are live on our StreamYard and on our Twitter feed and YouTube page. So we tread lively because your co-host for the other show this week is, is lurking waiting for us to trip on the Chicago Bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you mentioned it. Shout out to Jay Mark in the chat. Uh, look forward to another good show coming up this Thursday. So everybody tune in for our week, what, nine? We're already on week nine, Rod. I can't believe how fast the season's going. Tough day for the Bears. Uh, they just literally, before we went on the air, traded Roquan Smith to Baltimore. So they seem to be selling after uh, trading uh, Quinn to uh, the Eagles. Just, the positive glass half full in Chicago, Justin Fields has looked good the last couple weeks. Uh, they seem to be playing more to his strengths with running the ball. They kind of look like the NFC version of the Ravens offensively. 
Yeah, and but the thing is, is that they can't catch a break. I mean, they, plus their schedule's been a little bit tough as well. Obviously, taking on yes. the Cowboys with Dak Prescott back is not not an easy thing. And they came in as nine and a half point dogs, but they made it interesting for the better part of the game. So forty nine twenty nine was the final, but that didn't necessarily tell the whole story of the game. Chicago did end up scoring seventeen points in the second quarter. So uh, again, they made it a lot closer than it needed to be. Uh, I guess if if the bookmakers were going to be right. But, uh, yeah, in the end, they just couldn't keep up. Uh, a 21-point second half for the Cowboys pretty much sealed the deal. Yeah, and when you mentioned it, uh, Dallas kind of punched him in the mouth. You could tell that Chicago came out a little slow coming off that big emotional Monday night win over the Patriots. But, you know, like you said, give Chicago credit for battling back. The turnover that Micah Parsons returned for a touchdown, that guy's an animal. Um, he, he looked like a running back in a linebacker's uniform, but uh, that changed the whole game. For Dallas, man, I, I know Zeke has done a lot for that franchise, but they're clearly better and more explosive offensively with Tony Pollard back there, 14 carries for 131. And this formula they, they got going right now in Big D with running the football, playing good defense, and just letting Dak play off play action is pretty good right now, and they're sitting pretty at 6-2. and two. Fantasy managers, thank me. Because I debated on whether or not I wanted to start Pollard uh, or not that this week, and I thought to myself, "No, nah, I'll just I'll I'll cool off on him one more week. Uh, I, I can I can probably get away with it." Yeah, well, you're welcome. He went off, and and that's that's the uh, long and the short of it for you. Because he definitely had a fantastic day, and I don't know how you can keep him on the bench much longer uh, at all. So. Uh, over under on this would have been good for, you know, about a hundred really, but, uh, they yeah. actually hit the over on this one at my, uh, 42 and a half was what it was, uh, in most places. So yeah, they definitely blew past this. In fact, Dallas did it all by themselves. Yeah, no, and the Bears are like sneaky becoming an overs team. I mean, they're averaging 31 points over their last two road games against two good defenses in New England and Dallas, but you mentioned it. Dallas looks really good right now. Philly better be careful and not slip up because they still got to go to Dallas in the back half of this uh, season. So if, we'll see if Dallas can make this an interesting NFC East race coming down the stretch. I feel like we've a lot or filled our allotment of positive comments on the Dallas Cowboys in this network. Yeah, yeah I've uh, I've said enough that, that more positive cowboy uh, comments than I need to say. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the bosses are listening to this, and I think one more we don't get to come back for the next week, so let's uh, <laughs> let's chill on that. Yeah, again, Dallas Dallas is at now 6-2, uh, and two, Chicago 3-5, and five. so just, uh, just be wary of the Chicago Bears betting-wise going forward. It's just you don't know which team they're going to be from a week-to-week basis. Uh, and, and Justin, let me give you one more Bears positive comment. Justin Fields is the quarterback I wanted, and he proved why last week. Plus, I had him on my fantasy roster. I started him. All good things. So there you go, Justin. Uh, you can have that as the last positive comment. Hey, hey he's just happy that the Packers are struggling. <laughs> is it everybody? Well, everybody except my daughter. Of course, she loves the Packers. Uh, all right, we'll get on to the rest of the slate when we come back from the break. But let me ask you, are you ready to win money and boost your odds? Well, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing, excite- they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Be on the lookout for the WinBet 
Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During the WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. You got great promos, odds, and payouts all happening right now at WinBet from boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. WinBet has what you need to win. Are you ready to play? I know you are. Sign up today. Receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. There's so much to choose from. All you got to do, head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change terms and conditions winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state. Replay through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Sports Gambling Podcast is giving you the chance to win either an autographed Lawrence Taylor or an autographed Brian Dawkins jersey. Contest is completely free to enter. Here's what you've got to do. Subscribe to youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast. Comment on a video. Each video is a new chance to win. And then turn on your notifications so you do not miss when SGP is contacting you when they pull the winner. Let's continue down the slate, shall we, my friend, as we go to the New Orleans area and the Las Vegas Raiders absolutely not even covering any sort of (laughs) spread on this one. You could have set the spread at 20, at 21, at 22, even at 23, and they still would not have covered it. It was, of course, a 24 to nothing shutout by the underdog New Orleans Saints, who were the underdogs, by the way, at one and a half uh, points. I don't know even what to say. You bring in Devontae Adams. You have a fantastic week one with them. And then you start circling the drain. What is going on in Las Vegas? Yeah, no, that was uh, the stunner and stinker of the day. So shout out to the Vegas Raiders. It seemed like they had started getting things going in the right direction. And then for for them to go down to New Orleans and just lay a complete egg, Derek Carr barely goes over 100 yards passing for the day. Jacobs only 40 yards rushing. Uh, I mean, Devontae Adams was nowhere to be found as well. One catch for three yards. Just an all-out stinker for uh, for those Vegas Raiders. And maybe the Saints are finally starting to get something together. Andy Dalton has actually been better than what people have given him credit for. And it was good to see Alvin Kamara back there with three touchdowns. Yeah, Alvin Kamara just broke out again. I mean, every once in a while, he pops out and reminds you he's a good player. And, and then all of a sudden, he goes back into hibernation. And then a couple of weeks later, he pops out, hey, remember me? I'm a good player. So, yeah, it, it's just a frustrating ride for the Saints. You're right. Andy Dalton has actually been a serviceable quarterback again, reminding us once again that he is a good player as well. But I think what really has this team going, it's ability to fluently move between him and Taysom Hill. And again, I hate to say it because I don't like gimmicks, but when they work, they work. And every time Taysom touches that ball, he's off for six yards, for yes. seven yards. You know, it's not it's not a small play when he has the ball in his hands. No doubt. I mean, 10 carries, 60 yards. Him and Kamar, that's a good one-two duo. And I think this, this Saints team is starting to find themselves a little bit. It would be nice if we could get an injury update on Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and Marcus Lattimore. I feel like they're always questionable, and they never play. So, yeah, the Saints are probably the weirdest team to try and figure out so far in this NFL season. And number two might be the Vegas Raiders, because you don't know which Raiders team you're going to get. For some reason, Derek Carr cannot play on the road. So uh, it might be something we need to monitor going forward, where we back Carr when he's at home in Vegas, and then fade him when he's on the road. 
Yeah, and it's frustrating as a fan of the Vegas Raiders, as my corner neighbor uh, down the street is, who I drive by all the time, and that Raiders flag is proudly waving in his garage. Every Sunday you can hear uh, the screaming and hollering coming from that house uh, when the Vegas Raiders are doing poorly, which they did this week. So I, I was prone to uh, having to earmuff the kids because uh, I guarantee you what was coming from there was not safe for their ears. So, yeah, I, I don't even know what to say about Vegas. I mean, other than this is a team that might be jockeying with the Jaguars for the first pick if they don't turn things around. And it's frustrating. It's got to be frustrating when you have the type of weapons that these guys have but can't put it together. Yeah, the seat's getting really, really hot for Josh McDaniels in Vegas. I know he met with uh, ownership again uh, after that loss. So you can only meet with the owner so many times before it's time that you get the pink slip. So they need to start winning some games. If they finish somewhere around 6-11 and 11 or 7-10, and 10, I don't think he's going to get a second year out there. No, no. But for the Saints also, they're, they're not too far away from being good in the NFC South, as we've talked about some of these other NFC South teams. Yes. Not looking all that great. So New Orleans still in the mix and still have something to play for, even at 3-5. and five. Yeah, and I mean, they entered last week at 10-1 to 1 to win the NFC South. So if you were able to grab them before this win, like you said, Rod, this NFC South is not going away at all. The leaders, Atlanta at 4-4, four and four, and I don't think any of us think that Atlanta is going to run away with this. And them and Tampa Bay just sitting at 3-5. and five. So I'm looking at uh, the Saints plus 550 right now to win the NFC South. It's not a bad, not a bad take if you uh, want to hop on that Saints bandwagon. Andy Dalton beating out Tom Brady for the uh, a- a- NFC South Championship. Could you could you even imagine a world? Now, that is where you walk away, for sure, when you know Andy Dalton just beat you out for the crown that you came back for. Uh, Rod, yeah. this is the NFL in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> We've said it before, and we'll say it again. Uh, it's just nuts. Well, let's stay in that NFC South, shall we? As we talk about the other two teams as they took each other on this weekend, and it was the Heart Attack Falcons once again uh, coming out, but this time, this time they didn't cover. You know why? Because they weren't the underdogs. Yeah. <laughs> they were three and a half point favorites over the Carolina Panthers, and they won by exactly a young Hoku uh, field goal at 37-34. But this game had it all. It had thrills. It had spills. It had PJ Walker's uh, last minute touchdowns, and then uh, a missed field goal because uh, Robbie Moore couldn't wait to take off his helmet. Uh, oh, I mean, sorry, DJ Moore. I think Robbie Anderson. <laughs> I got him mixed up. <laughs> DJ Moore couldn't wait to take off his helmet. Uh, just unbelievable stuff there, Ryan. No, you couldn't have summed it up better myself. This game had everything, and this was for the NFC South uh, outright lead through week eight. And a devastating loss for the Panthers. It seems like you got the game one on that Hail Mary by P.J. Walker, DJ Moore. But even so, like he misses the extra point because they get he move he takes his helmet off. They move it back, and Pinero misses the extra point. But then in overtime, for him to follow that up with a thirty-three yard miss, which is shorter than a extra point, just an absolute dagger of a loss for these Carolina Panthers. But they seem to have something with PJ Walker and Sam uh, Wilkes. I mean, this this combination, they just needed to get Matt Roll up on out of there. 
I, well, look, PJ Walker is no surprise to us XFL fans, which by the way, today is Monday. It is Halloween. So happy Halloween. First of all, I don't know if I said it to you already, but, uh, happy Halloween. But second of yep. all, today, the XFL went and, and announced all of their teams. So the Houston Roughnecks are going to be back in the XFL. PJ Walker, once again, a former Houston Roughneck quarterback. Uh, so definitely knows his way around the football field, but yeah, Carolina looks like they could be interesting. They just really have to figure out how to win, honestly. They, they, it feels like they've got enough pieces that they can compete, but now they've got to figure out how to win. I know they were giving them up like mad, right? I mean, they were, they were, they were chucking them away. They gave away CMC, right? I mean, all, all the stuff is going wrong for Carolina, but they actually could have won this game, and they didn't look bad doing it. So I don't know. I, I don't know what to do with Carolina going forward, but I know that the Falcons, when they're underdogs, expect them to cover. When they're favorites... Maybe not so much. No doubt. And, and this was an unfamiliar position for those Falcons being four and a half point favorites. So, yeah, no, we definitely want to back the Falcons when they're a bigger dog, not a uh, smaller to middle favorite. Yeah, well, and for over under betters, you guys were happy if you bet the over on this one. It was only 40 and a half, 41 and a half, depending on where you found it. Obviously, 60, what, 70, 70, some odd points, 71 points. God, back of the napkin math. 71 points in this game just absolutely crushed the over. So uh, crushed a lot of other overs as well. But yeah, again, the Falcons, when they're big, when they're big dogs, we said, what did we say when we were talking about this? Because we didn't talk about this line, did we? A couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we hopped on the Falcons as a pick them at the time. So for we did get the better of the number. So if you had hopped on the Falcons as a pick them at the time, uh we were a winner. Amen. I love it. Uh, all right. Speaking of winners, Philadelphia Eagles, once again, fly Eagles fly seven and oh, undefeated 35 to 13 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Whew. Obviously, uh, it's just uh, it's the Eagles, man. I don't even know what to say about them this season other than they're going to continue to win unless somebody stops them, which is completely obvious. But, you know, what can you do? They were 11 and a half point favorites. In this game, 11 and a half. If you got it at 12, uh, if you could get Pittsburgh at plus 12, you know, you were okay, but you weren't even covering because this was a blow, complete and total blowout in, in this instance. Not, not even close by the Steelers. Yeah, no, this is the A.J. Brown show in Philly on Sunday. Six catches, 156 yards, and three touchdowns. Absolute monster day. This Philly offensive attack can come at you in so many different ways with uh, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and then, of course, everybody knows about their ground attack led by their quarterback who can run as well. So Philly's not slowing down anytime soon, it looks like. No, and, and our bosses are happy because of it. So yeah. I will say that uh, as long as they can continue to win – they will be happy campers, and, and I'm okay with that, to be honest with you. I, I like when the bosses are happy. So I know one of ours is not, but at least the, the Eagles fan in us, uh, Mr. Sean Green, is, is thrilled. Yes, no, he's very happy, and they uh, their schedule's really soft going forward, so we'll see how long this unbeaten season goes. I, I, I don't think they're going to go 17-0, obviously. No, nobody ever goes 17-0, but it, Sean might think they're going to go 17-0, but... Uh, yeah, no, the Eagles are rolling, and then for the Steelers, just tough day at the office. They desperately need T.J. Watt back. He just he changes their whole team when he's in the lineup. Yeah, and and that defense, obviously, you, you know, it, it, lots of people give up points to the Philadelphia Eagles. That's that's not a thing. 
but yeah, you, you just see the deflation in that defense, and it's just a, a difficult situation. But what's even a more difficult situation is when the leading receiver on your team is your tight end, and it's not Kittle, and it's not Kelsey, and it's, it's Pat Fryermuth, right? Four catches, 57 yards. Kenny Pickett did not cross 200 yards this, this week, 191. One interception, no touchdowns on 25 completions. Their rushers didn't get it going. Jalen Warren was their leading rusher. He had 50 yards on six carries. So that tells you a lot when Najee Harris can't even be the leading rusher on the team. Yeah, no, it was a tough day. They couldn't get anything going offensively. And de- definitely, I think, brighter days ahead for Kenny Pickett. So a much-needed buy for the Steelers now where they can regroup a little, little bit. They're 2-6. and six. We'll see how they are coming out of the bye. Get more healthy. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, keep your eyes on the lines for Pittsburgh. We will, obviously, for you as well. But, uh, yeah, you just got to bet them in the right spot. Philadelphia, on the other hand, just go ahead. Might as well just slate them into win for a while uh, until until they don't, right? It's, it's If it don't broke, don't yep. fix it. Uh, all right, speaking of not no breaking doubt. it, don't fixing it, it's Miami and Detroit. The Detroit Lions once again find themselves in an absolute just free fall of a season. They are now 1-6 after losing to the 5-3 and three Miami Dolphins. Tua comes back again, and it's just a, it's just a fantastic situation for the Dolphins. You got Tyreek Hill hitting again. You got Waddle hitting again. It seems like this team is firing off again, and now they're dangerous. But as far as the Detroit Lions are concerned, eh, they're not quite so dangerous. No, they're not dangerous at all, and they fall to 1-6 and six overall. And you start wondering, is, is this going to be it for Dan Campbell? I mean, they had high expectations coming into the year. They can't stop a nosebleed defensively. And they they jump out fourteen nothing, but just can't hold on because they can't get stops. Tua was really really good yesterday, twenty nine of thirty six for three ninety three touchdowns. So that offense with Tyree Kill and Waddle, I mean, they're hard they're hard to stop that one two punch. It's difficult. And then Mostert looking okay on the ground as well, fourteen carries, sixty four yards. I mean, not a huge total, but when you're putting it up through the air as much as Tua is, if you can get 64, 64 yards on the ground, you ain't doing too bad. So. Uh, definitely, again, a complete package overall. And, of course, a defense giving up 27 points, but still, I mean, it, it is the the Detroit Lions. Jared Goff still throws for 321 yards and a touchdown. It's just, yeah, it, it's a fr- – and plus it's frustrating for folks that wanted DeAndre Swift to go off because it was Jamal Williams that led all rushers. 10 carries, 53 yards, two touchdowns. So if you're a fantasy manager of DeAndre Swift, you're banging your head at this point. Yeah, and it was a tough one if you had the Lions as well, plus three and a half or whatever number you got it at because you get out to a 14 nothing lead and you're thinking, oh, I'm in a good situation, but they just they can't hold on. And then their offense uh, stalled out a little bit in the second half, like you said, with not being able to get Swift going on the ground. Indeed. Well, it was uh, about four point. Yeah, if you could find it, three and a half point if you can find it. Certainly not the day you were looking for. Uh, if you did get it at four, you're lucky you pushed. <laughs> there was a few books out there that was giving it at four, but yeah, if you were at it three and a half, you definitely were were crying there at the end. So, look, Detroit. I don't even know what to do anymore. You just you really got to take a look at who they're playing coming up as you bet them. Uh, but for Miami, I, I mean, you, I want to take a look at this at the spreads, obviously, because they barely covered this one. So, as much as you say that they're a good team. You got to look at what the spreads are. If it's too far out there, 
kind of leave that one alone, yeah? Yeah, no, we need him as a bigger dog going forward. And like you said, they just they find ways to continue to lose games that it's like, man, how did they lose that game? Oh, just because they're the Lions. That's what it's coming down to. At least they looked better offensively. But for the Lions uh, from here going forward, they got the Packers next week. So we'll see what happens. Uh, both teams desperate. It kind of seems like a common theme in the NFL right now, yeah, other than the Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, and Cowboys is a lot of desperate teams out there. You're forgetting one, Ryan. You're forgetting one, and we're going to get to that one right now. It's the Minnesota Fighting Vikings, 6-1 and yes, one I, on the season. How can you disrespect Kirk Cousins? You like that? You like that? Yeah, you know what? They play my uh, Washington Heineke's next, so I'm already getting ready for him. So yeah, no, I I forgot that they were six and one with with my old quarterback, by the way. And that's prompted a lot of second guessing in the media too, where they're like, "We got we got taken, we got taken for Kirk Cousins," and you know that's that's the story of it all. Uh, but they did the Minnesota Fighting Vikings win six. Uh, they're now six and one. They won thirty four to twenty six over the Arizona Cardinals. Just uh, a mastery of just football from the Vikings. And yes, Justin, uh, we would all love it if they beat the Packers because that just means Aaron Rodgers is an unhappy man. Uh, I still am bitter that we the 49ers didn't take him back in the day uh, over Alex Smith. But it was the Minnesota Vikings covering the three-and-a-half-point spread over the Cardinals. Uh, look. Kyler Murray gave it his all to be able to beat Minnesota, but unfortunately, the Vikings just could not be stopped. Dalvin Cook could not be stopped, uh, and and really, that's where it all went. Kyler Murray was the leading rusher in this game, by the way. Six carries, 36 yards for the uh, Cardinals. The leading rusher for the Cardinals, obviously not the leading rusher in both, <laughs> in both teams. That, of course, belonged to Dalvin Cook, but... Uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins turning in a very nice day. 12 catches, 159 yards, and a touchdown. He's settling back into this offense, but it's not enough, Ryan. It just doesn't seem to be enough for the Cardinals right now. There's something missing there. I And I keep saying this with uh, Cliff Kingsbury, their head coach. We know his struggles in the second half of seasons. For them to be three and five, how ugly is it going to get in this second half where he seems to even back in his Texas Tech days, his teams never get better throughout the year. This season could get really ugly really quick. And Kyler, like you said, he was up and down. He he would look really good for a player too, and then he would throw a boneheaded interception where it's just like four defenders around the ball and, and his receivers falling down. It's like, who are you throwing to? Um, in the chat right now, Rod, J-Mark says, do we feel the Vikings are legit? I've been calling them a fraud, but are they legit good? Well, Justin, I'm glad you asked because, yes, they are legit good. You look at what they've got on their team between K.J. Osborne, between Justin Jefferson, between Dalvin Cook, and again, Kirk Cousins, we like to laugh at him, but he's a frustratingly good quarterback. No interceptions yesterday, which tells you a lot about how he was able to protect the ball. 232 yards, two touchdowns, but when you got Dalvin Cook that can rip off 30-yard runs and and just control the, the line of scrimmage, control the ball, they are that good. And I feel like the last few years, they've been that good, but unfortunately, the results weren't there for them. And they've had these pieces. And of course, since Justin Jefferson jumped on the scene, uh, he was he didn't find the end zone, but he didn't need to. 
uh, yesterday. So, again, I think the Vikings are that good, but we don't want them to be for some reason, and so that's why we keep just underselling them. I think the Vikings are still a little bit fraudulent. I, I've been saying it all <laughs> week or a couple weeks with the Giants, and then I guess they finally lost. But I look at who the Vikings have beat. It's kind of a backup quarterback in New Orleans. Uh, they barely beat the Bears. They barely beat the Lions. And then they the third string with the Dolphins. But, I mean, we're, we're going to find out if the Vikings are really for real coming up with this stretch. They got. I've already said they got to go to DC, so they're going to be favored in that game, but not by much. As I'm looking at it, they're favored by three. But after that, you go to Buffalo, then you got Dallas, you got New England, you got the Jets. Which I mean, I can't believe we we're in a world where we're saying the Jets is a game to look at, but the Jets aren't bad. So we're going to know over these next four or five games. I think if the Vikings really are that team that's going to run away with the NFC North. And and really, honestly, this is the biggest test that they're going to have going forward mm-hmm. and I, I'm I'm here for it to be honest with you. I, I don't know why, but I, I like the Vikings this year. I like the way they look. I like the way they, they play and I like the way they continue to compete. So um, I'm not a Vikings fan, but I'm definitely a, a Vikings sympathizer if we're if we're in one. I don't call them fraudulent yet because they're six and one. Much the same as a lot of people are saying that Philly is fraudulent at seven and zero. So I don't know. You tell me. Uh, but speaking of the Jets, Ryan, you talked about them being a thing. They are a thing, in fact. And they are on, well, they weren't a thing last week, but they're definitely a thing. Five and three on the season after a loss to the New, New England Patriots. Uh, New England 22, New York Jets 17. The Jets were three and a half point underdogs in this one. Did not cover that spread. But, uh, you know, look, for New England, they're starting to put their stamp back on this. Uh, they needed to beat the Jets to come out and, and show that they were good. But I'm still not impressed with Mac Jones. No. No, <laughs> he was bad yesterday, but Zach Wilson was worse. So it was it, it kind of Zach Wilson struggled yesterday. And I mean, his struggles against Belichick's defenses continues. I know Sam Darnold said that he saw ghosts once upon a time when he was playing the Patriots. I'm starting to wonder if Zach Wilson's starting to see ghosts when he's playing the Patriots. But uh, yeah, New England, I mean, Belichick, we, we, uh, Jay Mark and I both locked it up in our show on Thursday. This is, he loves beating the Jets. This, for some reason, he gets his team ready to go. They were coming off that uh, embarrassing loss at home to the Bears on Monday night by three scores. So you knew he was going to have him ready to go, and he moves into uh, second place all time with his 325th win. Yeah, and you're right about Zach Wilson, though. Three interceptions on the day. Two touchdowns, 355 yards, but three interceptions. You can you can throw for all the yardage and touchdowns in the world, but you keep throwing interceptions like that. It's definitely going to catch up with you, and it did. Uh, Garrett Wilson looked good though, uh, seven cat or six catches rather, 115 yards. So, you know, young young guys looking okay, but they got to put it together for more than just a game or two at a time. No doubt, and I think with Zach Wilson, like the more I watch him, he he's just trying to make too much happen. Like it's all right to take a single and a double or a walk every now and then in baseball terms. I know that we got the World Series going on. He's trying to hit a home run every single time. With it's not there down down the field, and he just tries to scramble around, forces it. I mean, two lazy interceptions yesterday where he just failed to throw the ball out of bounds, and he it just was this much short of uh, on the sideline, and and two interceptions that cost him the game, and they desperately missed Brees Hall. I thought 
Well, that's exactly where I was going. Desperately missed Brees Hall. Michael Carter, seven carries, 26 yards. Not a day to write home. Uh, that running game it was was key to their success, and now it's not happening. And Michael Carter, Michael Carter is not the answer right now. No, and so the Jets, they got to figure things out. Um, can't feel sorry for themselves. They got the Buffalo Bills coming to town next week. So, yeah, you got to figure that out. They're big dogs, and then they got to buy, and then they got the Patriots again. So Jets are 5-3 and three right now. It's, a, it's still a feel-good story. I mean, for them to be 5-3 and three at the middle uh, mark of the year, it's a good situation, but they, they got to find some consistency offensively, I think. Over under betters were ripping up their tickets. It was 39 and a half in some books, 40 <laughs> in others. This came in. They've lost the hook. 39 points exactly. So even if you were at 39 and a half and you were an over better, you were not a happy camper. Now, if you were an under better, you were really happy. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's why the books are the books. They, they know where the line's going to be. That's why they're the sharpest books. Indeed. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next game. This was my lock of the week, and this one actually ended up hitting. That was Tennessee, now improving to 5-2 and two over the Houston Texans that are now 1-5-1, and one, Tennessee 17, Houston uh, 10. Man, this one was a little bit sketchy for a little while, but thankfully the Tennessee Titans pulled it out. Uh, I, I Again, I've documented how much I do enjoy Titans football, uh, but the Houston Texans were a point and a half underdogs in this one Tennessee only a point favorite so they definitely killed this spread but uh King Henry is King Henry my friend and he owns the Texans my god what was that four in a row or five in a row where he's gone over 200 yards that's an embarrassing loss for the Texans I'm sorry I know they're the Texans and the expectations are low but you just lost to a team that attempted one pass in the second half of an NFL game. That's unheard of. Malik Willis finishes his debut 6-10 for 55 yards. So it was the King Henry show. And, yeah, no, Houston is by far the worst team in the NFL, unfortunately. Sorry, Moonoff. <laughs> this, this read more like an Army Games stat line where, you know, 10 yeah. attempts and, and the running back had 32 carries for 219 yards. Obviously, with Army, it's spread across a few different uh, running backs. But yeah, I, this just definitely looked like a, an all military academy type of a, of a game where six completions get you the win. And he even threw an interception on one of those 10 I attempts. <laughs> like, uh, the, when your top receiver has two receptions on two targets for 26 yards and the longest was 16 yeah i gotta i gotta tell you right now i knew tennessee was gonna win i just didn't know it was gonna be like this well and i mean houston had a backdoor touchdown too so i mean they were never in the game it, it really was one of the more embarrassing losses of the year even for the houston texans who don't have high expectations and they got the eagles coming into town so it's not gonna get any easier if you can't stop king henry i don't know how you're gonna stop the eagles rushing attack yeah, well, I don't know how much you're going to stop anybody at this point. It's Houston at one five and one. It's it's all it's there's just no there's no redeeming qualities. And and look, I know that Mills was supposed to be the next best thing, but I'm not seeing it yet. I think he's a good backup quarterback in the future. I he's he's not a starter. They're going to be. I think they're going to end up picking number one in the draft come April. 
I think the only game that they're going to win going forward is the Cleveland game just because of Deshaun Watson's first game back. So <laughs> that's going to be my bold take come what week 11 or week week 13. So I know that's a, that's the one game Moonoff wants to win. Well, look at they're jockeying with, you know, Jacksonville. They're jockeying with Detroit. So I think it might be a race to the bottom at this point. Uh, but yeah, so the over under on this one, yeah. 39 and a half. Nowhere near it. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> if you were an under better, you were happy for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, if, if you live to bet the unders, you're happy with that one. Um, all right, let's move on to my dog that did not end up hitting, and that was the New York Giants. You just said it, Ryan. They have uh, just they have shown themselves now as as how fraudulent they are. Uh, beat by the first place Seattle Seahawks, twenty seven thirteen. Seahawks five and three. Giants uh, are are now six and two. Seattle was actually favored in this game by three points or three and a half points, depending on where you got it. So they they covered, but man, look, I I, I don't even want to say this because I'm a Niners fan, but like, are is Seattle real? I think I I don't see how you don't say they're for real. I know you hate hearing that, but they they're playing their asses off, and they they that crowd. Um, I had that on the overhead where I was at. That crowd was a throwback crowd to the good old days in Seattle where they had it rolling with Russ, and now they're saying Russ who with Geno cooking. But, uh, yeah, no, that, that crowd, that, that city's believing, believing in this team, buying in. Geno was good again, 200-plus uh, yards, two touchdowns. Should have had three if Tyler Lockett just caught the ball, but then they go back to him in the second half with the big catch. Their defense is good. Pete Carroll's happy. He's running up and down the sidelines, running into officials. It's just like the good old days in Seattle again. Yeah, I mean, well, I again, I'm not a fan of good old days in Seattle, so we'll just... I know. We'll just say that, yes, that's true. Uh, but look, you're right, you're right. And and Kenneth Walker starting to come into his own, 18 carries, 51 yards, and that touchdown. Uh, and, and if you're able to hold Saquon Barkley to only 53 yards, yeah, he got in the end zone, but... You know that that's the strength of this this uh, New York team is Saquon Barkley. Obviously, Daniel Jones having another Daniel Jones type day. 176 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. So, you know, yeah. For me, obviously, Seattle's on the up. New York. If I were to if I were to do any sort of well, we do power rankings. It probably just be a, a stagnant arrow. Uh, I don't think they went up or they went down. It's just a matter of you know, they're the Giants now. You, you either start to believe that they're going to be the Giants that they were before or that they're going to be the Giants they were when they jumped out to a 6-1 and one start to the season. And, and I don't know. But Seattle at home, yeah, they definitely proved that they're a team to be reckoned with. And, of course, now they're first place in the West, so they got to be taken more seriously even if you don't want to. Yeah, no doubt. I think this division comes down to Seattle and San Francisco. I don't think the Rams are, or the Cardinals are uh, – factors at this point so it's going to be interesting to see if seattle can keep it in a manageable spot because what san france still got to go to seattle right yeah oh yeah yeah no that's gonna be a war i'm looking forward to that game and then for the giants i mean it was a tough spot they, they just to recap this month they had to go start in london come back beat the ravens at home then go all the way down to jacksonville then have to fly all the way to the Northwest to play the Seahawks. So four emotional games in a row. And then finally uh, the clock struck midnight for them in the month of October. So, but uh, they got a buy and then out of the buy, they got a favorable schedule because 
they got the Texans and Lions. So I think the Giants are still in a pretty good situation here. I mean, we'll see. Obviously, they've got a lot more football to play, and maybe if they get well-rested, they can come back to the way they were before they they lost this game. Mm -hmm. So we'll definitely see there. All right, let's get to the game you want to talk about. I know you want to talk about it because it is your Washington football team that beats the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis 17 to 16. Washington now even at 4 and 4 on the season. Indianapolis 3, 4 and 1. Buddy, this was the game for you to cheer loudly. Uh so I'll, I'll give you the floor on on your Washington Heineke's. I can't do this with this team anymore. I'm going to drink myself to death this season with uh, how emotional these games are. Uh, it's the first time they came back from double digits or uh, two scores with uh, less than five minutes since 2005. So, I mean, Heineke just finds a way to win games, and clearly they like playing for him. His teammates love him. The defense was really good. John Allen, Deron Payne up front. So, like you said, man, three in a row for Washington back in the playoff race, should I say. And it's going to be fun coming down the stretch. They got the Vikings next week. But Ron Rivera teams don't quit on on Ron. So it's it's him and Del Rio. They got this thing going in the right direction. And we'll see what happens with Heineke going forward. He seems to have uh, caught Matt, uh, lightning in a bottle once again. Well, speaking of catching lightning, how about that uh, Terry scary, scary Terry catch? That was, yes. that was lightning, my friend. Yeah, no, and I'm not, it wouldn't be right if I didn't shout out Terry McClure. He was awesome yesterday, and that catch at, at the one-yard line, they, that was the definition of, hey, I got a good number one wide receiver, go get it and win us a game, and he did so. It was fantastic because that's the kind of stuff that you want to see from those type of receivers, right? It's the Odell Beckham one-handed grab. It's it's all of that stuff that these receivers live for, and you saw the fire on the sidelines from all of his teammates just you know, screaming at him and, and giving him all the love in the world for making that catch because it was damned impressive. No doubt. And uh, for the Colts, I mean, Sam Ellinger in his debut didn't look so bad, but it seems like they're transitioning into rebuild mode with the move to him. And I mean, it it, it, looked, it was weird. It, weird vibes with Matt Ryan just on the sideline. Nick Foles there too. So I don't know what to do with these Colts going forward. I don't think they're going to quit on Frank Reich. I just don't think they're very good. No, not right now. They're not. And it just, the answer was not there. Taylor being back still didn't make move the needle as much as it would in, in years or last year. So yeah, I don't know either. It's, it's a frustrating situation there. Like I said, three, four and one now not looking all that put together. Washington though is heating up. Washington did cover their spread. They were three point favorites, three and a half points, depending on where you found them. And then uh, the over under on this one was 40 or, or 39 and a half. So under betters, you're happy as well. Underbetters are happy a lot. Uh, if you're pessimistic and just bet the unders, you were happy this weekend on a lot of games. Yeah, no doubt. This game was never threatening the over. It was ugly, and both teams seemed to play conservative and say, we'll just win it at the end and not lose it. Well, one game that did go over and one game that was over in the excitement column was, of course, the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Los Angeles Rams. San Francisco, yet again, it doesn't matter where they play them. It doesn't matter how they play them. They just beat the Rams. Thank you very much. And they did it again this weekend. 31-14 to 14 did the San Francisco 49ers. They were point-and-a-half underdogs in this game. Well and thoroughly covered this one. Uh, again, they hit the over, which was set at about 49-and-a-half, depending on where you found it. Uh, but they definitely hit the over on that one 
as well. I'm sorry, 42. I was reading the wrong line. 42 or 42 and a half. They definitely covered that over. But the story of the day, Ryan, is that I'm wrong on Christian McCaffrey. I've been wrong on Christian yeah. McCaffrey. I will continue to be wrong on him because he just came out and did what we haven't seen in a while, right? And that was a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and a receiving touchdown by a running back. It's CMC's world, man. And this Niners team now, woo scary. Yeah, no, you're happily wrong on CMC because he's rolling for your team. Like you said, passing touchdown, rushing touchdown, receiving touchdown. Kyle Shanahan's licking his chops, man, with uh, this versatility he he can have with McCaffrey. And when he gets Debo back, he's got Kittle, Ayuk, um, Wilson, and then on the ground, obviously with McCaffrey as well. I mean, this this Niners team is dangerous. And Jimmy G, he just got to can't turn over the ball and they'll be all right. And that's the Achilles heel for Jimmy G all the time is that one costly interception that you you just almost know he's always going to throw. But he didn't. And that was it. That, that's why you saw the sort of success that you saw. Two touchdowns, no interceptions, 132.5 quarterback rating, 21 of 25, 235. Just an incredible day as far as being able to find the players he needed to find when he needed to find them. Of course, more often than not, that was McCaffrey. 18 carries, 94 yards, and a touchdown. But again, this was just McCaffrey showing off that when he's healthy, he's the best. And and Rod, you're stupid forever questioning him. <laughs> hey, you're you'll happily take the L on that one because that means your team is rolling. On the other side, man, I don't think the Rams are going to get it together this year. I I mean that was them coming off a bye. They heard all week about how the Niners own them, and they do own them, and they still couldn't do anything about it. I mean they go fourteen to ten, and I saw you tweeted out like, how do you not guard Cooper Cup because he's literally their only option. This this Rams offense is is broken right now, and then finally their defense just wore down, and Stafford's just not playing very well right now either. So big shout out to Ronnie Rivers, love him as a Fresno State Bulldog, absolutely explosive player. Loved watching him for his his time there. He even stayed an extra year over there in Fresno State. He lands on the Rams. He's probably thinking to himself, "I've got a golden opportunity to be a fantastic player." Unfortunately, eight carries, twenty one yards. They did. He was a top rusher. No Henderson, <laughs> no, no. no anybody. It was Ronnie Rivers with 21 yards. The Niners just bottled up this Rams rushing attack. And and literally, you're right. Cooper Cup was the only weapon, and he only had 79 yards. Uh, as much as you saw him catching the ball, eight catches, 79 yards, and a touchdown for Cooper Cup. Not a fantastical day like we're used to seeing out of Cup. Yeah, and he, I mean, he's getting all the attention. He's getting triple covered now, and nobody else can create, win and create separation. It's going to be interesting to see when them and Tampa hook up this weekend because that is a kind of a loser and you're done type uh, game, it feels like. You got to wonder if, if uh, Tom Brady's like, I got to pounce now because if I don't pounce now, then it's just never going to happen for us. If we can't beat them, we can't beat anybody. That's what they're both saying. <laughs> That's actually true at this point. You circle on your calendar and go, yeah, this is the game we're going to win. No doubt. Uh, all right, let's move on to the final game of the night. Some fireworks in this one. Uh, definitely an entertaining Sunday night game as Buffalo uh, continues to just win. 6-1 and one now. They beat the Green Bay Packers 27-17. to 17. Green Bay now 3-5. and five. This is where... 
if you uh, bet on Green Bay at 10.5, you were absolutely thrilled the way this turned out. Uh, but if you bet Buffalo at 10, uh, you pushed. Or even 10.5, you were ripping up your ticket as well. Because Green Bay getting that fourth quarter touchdown, backdoor covered for you if you're a Green Bay better. So, yeah, I mean, much like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers is visibly frustrated with everybody around him. And I'm wondering now if this is, this got to be it for both of these quarterbacks. I don't know, I can't envision a situation in which either one of these guys at their age wants to come back and play some more. No doubt, and I mean the Bills. I mean they could they could have named the score in this game. They kind of were toying with the Packers. I, they got sloppy down the stretch. I will say the one positive was Green Bay was able to run the ball with uh, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. I know they were behind by three scores, but at least maybe if there's a light at the end of the tunnel that Green Bay could find a way to turn this around, it's got to be behind that two headed monster so that they could just set a play action and play off that with Aaron Rodgers. But he just, he looks disinterested right now. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. And in fact, every time he he breaks the huddle or anytime a a play goes wrong, you just see it on his face. I mean, again, it's just a lot like Tom Brady. When they give you the close up of Aaron Rodgers' helmet, it's it's never, it's never a smile. It's always just a confused look like, how the hell or, or why the hell is this even happening right now? And why am I here, to be honest with you? And, and to your point, Ryan, you're absolutely right. When you're when you're down and, and you're down big like they were uh, for the longest time, you know it was what was it twenty? It was twenty seven to to uh, ten at one point, and Aaron Jones still rushes for one hundred forty three yards. Like that that says something about your rushing attack. Yeah, no, it's bad days right now in Green Bay. They, I will say though, if there's a time that you're going to get them at the lowest point ever and you still believe in them, this is the time to pounce because the schedule does get a little softer going forward and they got the Detroit Lions. So you can't ask for a better opponent to start with a get right spot than the Detroit Lions. I'm telling <laughs> you, if you can't, look, if you can't beat them, you can't beat anybody. You're we done. just got saying it, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. And for Buffalo, how, what else are we going to say that hasn't been said already? It's, it's the Buffalo Bills. Like these guys, they're rolling. Like you said, they got a little sloppy. Uh, in that second half, so they got to yeah. make sure they put together a complete game because a better team would have taken advantage of that and snuck up on them. So, uh, you know, I know you kind of let your foot off the pedal every once in a while, but you can't do that in the NFL, uh, even if you are the Bills and you're the one of the best teams in the league right now. Yeah, that's going to be your one seed in the AFC. So I don't see anybody beating them in a meaningful game anytime soon. Over under on this one was 47 and a half. Uh, this did not get there. Uh, so definitely, if you're under better again, you are very, very happy. Um, all right. Well, that'll do it for the week eight slate. Ryan, it's time to turn our attention to week 10 to give you some early look ahead lines uh, for the for the week 10 slate. First of all, let's look back. How, how do we do? Uh, for for the last few that we've we've done, I had them all written out this morning, ready to rock and roll for the show. I'm fired up to read these off. We got some good ones, Rod. We gave out the Eagles minus five and a half on Thursday night against the Texans. They're now 13 point favorites, so that's over a touchdown of value that we gave out across multiple key numbers. So hopefully you got in on that. And of course, you said your weekly reminder to take the Atlanta Falcons in the look ahead because they're still being undervalued. Plus seven and a half against the Chargers at home. And now they're only three point uh, underdog. So 
four and a half points of value there. The Dolphins that we gave out, you gave this one out at the Bears. Sorry, J-Mark. We're only three-point favorites. Now they're five, so a couple points there. We gave out New England as a pick against the Indianapolis Colts with the backup quarterback, and they're up to a five-and-a-half, so that's five-and-a-half points of value there. Bengals from seven up to eight-and-a-half, so a couple points there. And the other big one that we love to give out, those Seattle Seahawks were plus seven at Arizona. They're down to a two-point underdog, so five points there. Ah, I love it. See, this is why you look ahead. This is why you guys love this look ahead section so much. And spoiler alert, there's some really good look aheads in this one as well. So let's get right to it. Week 10. uh, And people have asked, where are we getting these odds? Well, we're finding them on oddstrader.com. So you can go there, find your week 10 odds for all of these games. The week 10 of the NFL season on oddstrader.com. Uh, I'm going to give you the floor, uh, Ryan, because I, I want you to, to give me one, and I know probably where you're going to go first. I'm going back to the team that I just named off last. You're our rival, Seattle. Ten-point underdogs to Tampa Bay in Germany on a neutral field. Give me Seattle all day. And if you even want to look at the money line as a potential look ahead, it's plus 340. This thing's going to be close to a pick come uh, kickoff. Are you kidding me? Plus, uh, yeah, I'm seeing plus 300, plus 340. Wow. For the Seattle Seahawks to be 10-point yep. underdogs right now, yeah, you need to lock that in and then some. That's insane value. Um, and that's the one I was looking at too, by the way. I just want you to – I acted surprised, yeah. but I knew exactly where you were going. I saw that line. It's like that's an obscene line. You need to get there. Uh, you want your weekly reminder about the Atlanta Falcons? They're plus four and a half right now uh, to the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> what? Uh, wow, they already they already play again. They just played yesterday too. Yeah, so it's a it's a back to back. So they're plus four and a half right now, uh, or or yeah, plus four and a half and plus money at plus four and a half if you can find it in the right spot uh, for that as well. You gotta grab that uh, plus one seventy five on the money line if you want to take that. So uh, definitely like the Atlanta Falcons again. Uh, where do you want to go next there, Ryan? I'm going to go to the New York football giants off the bye. They're only favored by three against the Houston Texans at home. So I'm locking that in right now. So give me the Giants minus three. All right. Uh, I'm actually going to go to Miami uh, where they're favored at minus four and a half. I, I don't think that this is going to stay that low come next week. Miami's at five and three, obviously Cleveland at two and five. This may jump up to six. This may jump up to six and a half. I don't think it'll go much higher than a touchdown, but I, I got to think that Miami's going to be favored by more next, or yeah, when the when the books drop again next week than four and a half. So grab this at a low number now. I agree with you there. Hey, Rod, I'm going to give out your Niners. I'm seeing a pick them with uh, the Chargers. They'll be coming off the bye at home. I think that thing closes at a field goal or more. So I'll take the Niners straight up to beat the L.A. Chargers at home. Give me that. Oh, I love that one. Thank you. You're my favorite now. Um, all right. I'll <laughs> toss out one more, and, and that'll be my last one for the day. Dallas, four-point underdogs. Dallas, four-and-a-half-point, four-point underdogs to Green Bay. I know they're in Green Bay. I get that. But come on now. Like, Dallas is 6-2. and two. We just talked about how they're one of the more put-together teams in the league right now going against the dumpster fire that is Green Bay. So at plus four-and-a-half, yeah, you, you might want to lock that in now. No doubt. Yeah, no, I was looking at the same one, so I just locked that in. So we just gave out six look-aheads right there, Rod, where 
and I look forward to next Monday, my favorite part of the show, when we read it off where we were right in these look-ahead spots. It's been hard-pressed to find one where we haven't grabbed some pretty good value, yeah? Yeah, no, I think the littlest that we've ever been is like one or two points, So, but we've never seen one go in the opposite direction. Oh, I love it. See, that's why you listen to this show. We give you some good advice over in the course of the, the couple of weeks ahead. Want to get you ahead of the books is all there is to it. Uh, so, um, Ryan, I feel like that's it. I think, I think we exhausted everything we've come to do today. Yes, no, that's it. And uh, week number eight is going to wrap up tonight with the two black and orange teams on Halloween, fitting that the Browns and Bengals are playing on Halloween. So I know you uh, will have some a uh, Halloween festivities, I'm sure, with your kids. Yeah, yeah, going to be uh, taking them around one more time. I mean, they're getting a little bit too old now, but uh, definitely enjoy it while it lasts. So, uh, yep, but the game will be somewhere. I'm sure I'll hear some updates and stuff and, and keep an eye on what's going on. Or I'll just DVR it and watch it when I get home and, and have a nice cold one uh, and kick back and watch the game. So no spoilers, everybody. <laughs> no doubt. I'll have, I'll have a cold one for you while you're trick-or-treating. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. All right, Ryan, yeah. as we wrap things up today, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media? Well, everybody watching on YouTube, you can see our Twitter handles are on the bottom of the screen. You can find me on Twitter at Moneyline underscore Mac in the Discord as well. Hit me up anytime, man. More than happy to uh, talk. I always love hearing good player props. So I'm, you, you got an edge. Let me know. I'm more than happy to hop on and ride it out with you. Indeed. Uh, find me on Twitter at RJ Via Gomez. There's a link in my bio to everything that I've got going on, whether it's here, whether it's Sportsbook Review, whether it's in between media, wherever it is, just follow that link. It'll take you to it. One of my favorite days of the week, Monday, talking with Ryan. So much fun. Thanks again for joining us, everybody. Thanks for joining the live stream. Thanks for listening in the SGPN feed. Thanks for listening in the NFL Gambling Podcast feed. Uh, again, thanks for all of you guys for paying attention to us. We love you. Can't wait for week nine. Until next time, everybody, let it ride. <laughs>